0: I wonder if you've seen the TV commercials that feature Dr. Rick. Every time I see these commercials, I feel a smile coming across my face. Dr. Rick is this fictitious character who says he has a job to help people unbecome their parents. There's a whole series of these commercials of that feature Dr. Rick, these humorous ads. Dr. Rick says things like this. No need to read every billboard out loud. If you can read it, they can read it. <laughs> he tries to educate people about opening a PDF or what is a hashtag. He urges not sighing so loud when you... Uh, sit down in a chair (laughs) this is good fun how to unbecome your parents Dr. Rick says that you do not have to make friends with the waiter at the restaurant when he tells you his name he's really not looking for your name (laughs) Dr. Rick says do you really need a sign in your house that says live laugh and love you can throw that away all this is good humor. And somehow it promotes progressive insurance. I haven't figured that out yet, but we're all, remem- all reminded with sort of a fun twist how life is filled with changes and life is filled with perils. And it's easy to get off track. It's easy to morph into our parents. It's easy to get off focus and we lose our best selves, perhaps, instead of morphing into something that we don't want to be. We have to stay focused. This, to me, has indeed connections to the calling of the Christian life. We're baptized. We're claimed by God. We're covered in God's love And we're called to live lives that belong to God and that seek always to serve God. We're invited to follow Jesus every day, every moment of every day. We're invited to think less of ourselves and more of others. We're expected to love one another as I have loved you, Jesus says. We seek to care for the least and help the hurting and make the world a better place. But it's easy. It's easy to have our lives morph into something else. Instead of loving, well, we become so judging. Instead of selfless, we turn inward and become selfish. Instead of serving God, we become cynical or even slothful. Both in our politics and in our culture, we hear lots of talk about the Christian life and Christian faith. But through the recent decades, there are many signs that we have gone from feed my sheep to cutbacks in school lunch programs. We've gone from love one another to vilifying one another, especially if they're different from we are. We've gone from woe are the rich to elaborate tax cuts for the wealthy and trickle down economics you know that never really trickle down where's the evidence of sincere christian faith and christian living and christian compassion that cares for the poor and helps the hurting and reaches out to spread kindness and peace in our land it's easy to morph into a life that is a long way from god's purposes we have a long passage today from the book of Acts and I'm guessing that this passage might be kind of unfamiliar to many of you. This is not a passage that is often read in worship. This is not a passage that's part of the regular lectionary readings that we sort of tend to follow through the years. But this is an important story and it's a story about how, it, how easy it is for us as God's people to lose sight of what God cares most about Can we stay focused? Can we stay faithful? Can we live open to God's Spirit? So this story comes as the disciples, you may know, in the power of the Spirit, in the book of Acts, are seeking to carry on in the work and witness uh, of Jesus, promoting the reign of God in the world. Listen as I read uh, these verses from Acts 5. Then the high priest took action He and all who were with him, that is, the sect of the Sadducees, being filled with jealousy, arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors, brought them out, and said, Go and stand in the temple and tell the people the whole message about this life. When they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and went on with their teaching when the high priest and those who were with him arrived they called together the council and the whole body of the elders of Israel and they sent to the prison to have them brought and when the temple police went there they didn't find them in the prison so they returned and reported we found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors but when we opened them we found no one inside Now, when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were perplexed about them, wondering what might be going on. And then someone arrived and announced, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain went with the temple police and brought them, but without violence, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. And when they had brought them... They had them stand before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, We gave you strict orders not to teach in in this name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you are determined to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior that he might give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were enraged and they wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, respected by all the people, stood up and ordered the men to be put outside for a short time. And then he said to them, "'Fellow Israelites, consider carefully "'what you propose to do to these men. "'For some time ago Thutis rose up, "'claiming to be somebody, "'and a number of men, about 400, joined him. "'But he was killed, and all those who followed him "'were dispersed and disappeared. "'And then after Judas, the Galilean rose up "'at the time of the census and got people to follow him, "'he also perished, and all who followed him were scattered.'" So, in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. Because if this plan or this undertaking is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. In that case, you may even be found fighting against God. They were convinced by Gamaliel, and when they had called in, and, and when they had called in the apostles. They had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. And as they left the council, they, the apostles, rejoiced that they were considered worthy to suffer dishonor for the sake of the name. And every day in the temple and at home, they did not cease to teach and proclaim Jesus as the Messiah. This is the word of the Lord. So this passage opens up with sort of a major tension. Tension between the religious leaders and the apostles because the religious leaders are threatened by the teaching and the action of Jesus' apostles. The apostles are doing God's work in the world, but the high priest and those with him are filled with jealousy, it says. Jealousy is a powerful and dangerous emotion jealousy always turns us inward we focus on ourselves jealousy forces us to protect our own turf jealousy leads the disciples to be arrested and thrown in it says the public prison the public prison is not where anyone wants to be But this is a short-term situation, we quickly find out. The high priest and his cohorts and the public prison, they're all up against the power and the presence of God. Remember Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, this fifth book of the New Testament is all about the early life of the disciples and it's all about the power and the presence of God the Holy Spirit and it says during the night the Spirit of God opens the doors of the public prison and says go stand in the temple and tell the people all about the message of this life the message of this life think about that it's so easy to fall into the mundane rhythms of living we go about our daily business we deal with the issues that are ours we carry around the heartaches maybe it's about our children maybe it's about our parents Maybe it's about some circumstance that is overwhelming us. We deal with the rhythms of our lives, our finances, our dilemmas. Dr. Rick even tries to humor us and encourage us not to morph into our parents. And certainly we have legitimate concerns emerging from this pandemic, racial and justice and environmental and other concerns all covering us, the angel of the Lord says, go, go and share with others the message of this life. This life, this life held by God, not the prison walls. This life held by God, not the dilemmas that keep us up at night this life that God reigns and rules over all things go and share about this life life is about sharing love and spreading kindness and living out our identity as God's people and doing justice and walking humbly and living for the reign of God so that's what the, the apostles did once in prison but then back at it and all the officials and the religious leaders couldn't believe it look the men who you put in prison are standing in the temple and they're teaching the people it's amazing sharing all about this life God doesn't let us go God never gives up on us God is always at work in all the things we're dealing with this is the promise And we are to keep living it out. And God keeps amazing us. But the story doesn't stop there. The forces of darkness and evil are not so easily deterred. The officials and the worldly ways aren't going to be so quick to give way to the Spirit of God. The apostles are corralled again. We gave you strict orders not to go teaching and acting following Jesus, they say. And Peter responds, we must obey God, not human authority. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. We're witnesses to these things, Peter says, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God gives to all who obey him. When when, I ask you, might we think and say those words? We must obey God rather than human authority. This is what intends to drive us as people baptized and claimed and covered in God's love. This is what intends to direct our lives. We, we obey God, not human authority. Is there a time? Is there a situation recently or maybe coming up in your life, or in our common life together, we say, we obey God. We seek to follow God, not human authority. Our lives belong to God. We know that God's purposes and plans are what matter the most. Can we repeat Peter's words? Can you? Can I? Can we together? We must obey God. Live out God's ways in the world. This is always our calling. Can we align our lives with all those who've gone before us who have sought to obey God? Not human authority, not cultural issues that seem to prevail, not power politics. Can we obey God? This is Peter's message today, challenging us. We must obey God, not human authority. Thomas Merton was a great spiritual writer and a faithful person from the previous century, and Merton put it succinctly. If you want to identify me, ask me not where I live or what I like to eat or how I comb my hair. Ask me what I am living for and in detail ask me what I think is keeping me from living fully for the thing I want to live for. We seek to obey God, live with faith, hope, and love. We seek to do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with God. We seek to follow Jesus. This is what we live for. And this intriguing story still isn't over with this encounter with Gamaliel He seems to offer some wise counsel at the moment, in this moment. If these people's plans are of human origin, they'll fail. But if they're of God, you won't be able to overthrow them. Gamaliel may be a teacher of the law. He may be respected by all. He believes in Israel's God, for sure. But he's not that tuned in. He's not that connected to God. He doesn't recognize in the Apostles the power and the presence of God's Spirit. He misses it. And moreover, what Gamaliel said didn't really help the apostles because in the very next verse it says, they were flogged. That's a pretty mean word. They were flogged. They were flogged. They, were, they ordered them then to speak no more of the name of Jesus and they let them go. But notice what happened. As they left the council, the apostles rejoiced that they were worthy to be flogged. They rejoiced that they were worthy to suffer for the sake of Jesus. They celebrated that they were recipients of flogging. Worthy to suffer in his name and then it says and every day in the temple and in homes they did not cease to teach and proclaim Jesus as the Messiah what are we becoming what are we becoming are we morphing more and more into the faithful disciples that were called to be that's the question what are we becoming when past or future might we each suffer for Jesus? Nobody likes suffering, but when, we, when might we say, oh, we were worthy to suffer for Jesus? When might we be worthy to be flogged for the love and justice of God? We live in a complex world. We have to keep striving to be open to God's Spirit, all of us, wherever we find ourselves. Open to God's strong Spirit and find ways to live out the message of this life. Live it out, the message of this life. God is so good. God will never let us go. God cares for the least and the lowly. God cares for justice and light across our hearts, across our community across our whole world can we become all that God calls us to be let's keep open keep striving and may God bless us amen let us pray you love us Lord you give us your promises your presence your spirit show us how to live with commitment and courage and faithfulness today tomorrow forever amen